This is the Crosspoint Sermon Audio from Carrollton, Texas. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm David Knight. I'm community curator in here. I know most of you, but for those of you who might not know, that's who I am. That's why I'm up here talking today. We are in the final message of our Explore God series. Can you believe it? Seven weeks have gone by. And uh, Pastor Dave wanted me to make sure that I pointed out that uh, this whole thing is my fault. <laughs> yep, he got in the driver's seat and drove that bus right over me. Uh, <laughs> The idea behind doing the Explore God series was kind of multifold. One was we thought, hey, this would be a great idea for our church to be a part of something bigger. There's 413 churches across the Metroplex taking part in Explore God, and, and this way we can be a part of something bigger than just our little congregation. The second thing was, was to encourage each of us, each of us, to bring a not-yet-Christian friend or family member to come and hear the life-giving message of Jesus, to come to a safe place where they could explore God, ask those questions that they have about Him. And then lastly, it was to help Pastor Dave take, uh, take part of his teaching sabbatical and uh, allowing all of our guest speakers to stay on topic. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so let me ask you, how has this been for you guys? I mean, how many of you are here today because you were driving down the street and you saw that big Explore God billboard and you said, you know what, I'm going to go check that out and I'm going to check out Crosspoint? How many of you? That's what I thought. Um, now, how many of you have brought somebody to hear this series because you thought that person needs to know Jesus and I'm going to help him to hear? Okay, yep, that sounds about right. And lastly, how many of you have been here every week of this seven-week series to hear the entirety of this message? It's a couple of you. All right, that's cool. That's cool. Just about what we expected, actually. Um, it's, it's been a resounding success. But we recognized that early on. We knew early on that, that our congregation's a little different. <laughs> okay, a lot different. Uh, <laughs> and, and we wouldn't necessarily interact with the series as it was originally conceived, because after all, this is Crosspoint where? Exactly. So we decided to kind of come at these questions, these seven big questions, from a, a slightly different perspective, a, a cross-point perspective, if you will. And so the first week, Pastor Dave talked about, does life have a purpose? Right? Remember that? And he talked about uh, that our purpose is found in the story of God. Right? I thought that was a, pre that was a pretty good message. I mean, it's, it's, a good, it's a good thing. And then the next week, we asked the question, is there a God? And rather than taking the time to like lay out all the, the foundational and theological reasonings for God, Dave essentially said that the fact that there is language allows him to believe that there is a God. There's something bigger, that that, that language helps to, to shape and define how he thinks about God. And the next week, I talked about why does God allow pain and suffering? And my answer was, hmm. Uh. Right? Yeah, I know, right? It's solid. Uh, but I did, of course, you know, I, I turned it around and I said, well, you know, maybe the question isn't so much why does God allow pain and suffering, but what do we as people who believe in a God do in a world filled with pain and suffering? And then Carl Raschke talked about, is Christianity too narrow? You remember that? And, and he came from an interesting perspective where not only is Christianity extremely narrow, but it's extremely broad. Narrow, broad. Saji talked about, is Jesus really God? And once again, we had that question flipped around, and he asked the question, is God really Jesus? To which he was able to point out that, yes, he believes that that is true, that God, not only is Jesus God, but God is Jesus. And then last week, 
Pastor Dave talked about, is the Bible reliable? And he pointed out the importance of spending time in the scriptures to, to truly understand its reliability. And, and the fact that every time he does what the Bible says to do, things that happen that the Bible says are going to happen, happen. And every time he doesn't do what the Bible says to do, the things that, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. He also mentioned that, that we have storied lives and, and, and we have a connection to the, to the first and second testament. And, and we're actually the third testament. We are living epistles. We are actually part of the Bible and its reliability. And so week after week, we've come to this Explore God series. We've come looking for answers to these questions. But more often, we walked, out, we, we walked out with more questions than we had answers. And so this week, today, I wanted to come to you and, and just give you an answer to our question. Can I know God personally? I wanted to be able to answer this question for you. Can I know God personally? The answer is yes. Thank you for coming. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> However, I was told maybe I should do something more. <laughs> so here we go. Well, first of all, what does it mean to know someone? Uh, as a magician, as an illusionist, I get asked, asked this question often. Do you know David Copperfield? No. I've met David Copperfield. You can go online, you can see pictures of me and David Copperfield. We're standing next to each other. I've read tons of stuff about David Copperfield. I know like all his vital statistics. I've even read books he's written. Uh, I've listened to, to talks he's given. Um, I was part of the David Copperfield fan club at one point. <laughs> I was not the president. <laughs> but it's not like David Copperfield and I get together and hang out and have a pizza. You know? I mean, I, I know about him. I don't really know him. There's no, there's no real connection. And it, it's funny because nothing that David Copperfield does in his life... By the way, I just realized, does everybody know who David Copperfield is? Okay. I just realized, like, there's, like, this whole generation of magicians who only know, like, David Blaine and Chris Angel. He was, like, the David Blaine and Chris Angel of my time. Yeah. They're, they're all magicians, yes. <laughs> huh? No, we're not going to talk about that yet. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's funny because there's nothing that David Copperfield does in his personal life that surprises me, right? Like, I, mean, I don't know if you read any of the articles about him. He's, he's been in lots of legal battles, and he's had charges, allegations hurled at him. Nothing really surprises me about what David Copperfield might or might not do in his personal life. I've talked to people who know David Copperfield, who spend time with David Copperfield. I've heard their stories about him. And, and nothing that he does surprises me, mainly because I don't have a relationship with David Copperfield, right? I don't really, I don't know him, so I have no expectations about what he should or should not do. And I think for a lot of us, it's kind of similar when it comes to God. I think for many of us, we can probably go back home and point to all the books that we have on our, on our bookshelves about stories about God, right? Or, or maybe we've read the Bible, the, the story he's written, and, and we think we know God because we've read that story. Or we come in here and we sing songs like, I believe in the resurrection, I believe. But does that mean we really know God? Or are we just quoting things, parroting things? And last week, Pastor Dave mentioned that the story of God begins with the premise that you and I were created to be loved by God. And he also talked about how God's word is, is living and alive. It's, 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 it's active, right? It's eternal. 
And, and oftentimes when we talk about knowing God or coming to know God, we, uh, we point to this passage, this John 3.16. Most of you guys know this, right? Can I put that up on the screen? Uh, For God so loved the world so much that he gave his only son. Yeah. We point to that passage, right? We point to that. See, see, you can know God right there. It's right there. It's in black and white. I think it's partially true. Well, <laughs> that's going to sound really bad if you take that out of context. <laughs> let, let me continue on. <laughs> Dramatic pauses are bad at times. <laughs> um, so I talked about knowing David Copperfield. I don't really know David Copperfield, right? But... I am married to a beautiful, wonderful, amazing woman named Kylie. She's sitting over there. Yeah, you. Yeah. And I know Kylie. I know her, right? We, we, we spend a lot of time together. Uh, I know lots of things about her. I, I know how she's going to act in a lot of situations. We do share pizza together. But you know what's interesting about Kylie? Is she, even though I know her and I know her really, really well, she does things that will surprise me. She does things that, that catch me off guard at times. And the reason is, is because I think I know her. I think I understand exactly what she's going to do. That's not always the case. I learn something new about her every day, and it's because there are so many facets to her. She is truly a fascinating woman, and if you know anything about her, you know that's true. But she's always surprising me. There's always something new to learn about Kylie because I know her personally. Now, John 17, 1 through 3, says this. After Jesus finished saying this, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Read with me. Give glory to your Son, so that the Son may give glory to you. For you gave him authority over all people, so that he might give eternal life to all those you gave him. And eternal life means to know you, the only true God, and to know Jesus Christ, whom you sent. Now, right there, the Bible tells us eternal life means to know you, the only true God. So, if, as we read in John 3.16, there is the opportunity for eternal life, and eternal life means knowing God, can you know God personally? Yes. Yes, you can. And not only that, that's the point, right? That's, that's why we're here. Now, Pastor Dave also likes to talk often about that he's not a theologian, right? He gets up here all the time. He says, I'm not a theologian. He is a theologian. We're all theologians, right? Theology simply means to think about God. So if you have any thought about God, you're a theologian. Congratulations. Yeah, right? So what do we think about God? I, I've said it before. I'll say it again and again and again. How you see God affects the way you see everything else in life. So what you're thinking about God is going to affect everything. You're meant to know God. You're meant to know him personally. You're meant to, to have a relationship, not only to him, but a relationship with him. There's an interaction with him. And just like my relationship with Kylie, she surprises me every day. God surprises me every day because I have a relationship with him. I can't, and, and the great thing about Kylie, she's finite. I mean, I love her, and she's wonderful, and she's amazing, but she's finite. There's an end to Kylie. There is no end to God. And so he will constantly be surprising you. 
And I think that's part of what this eternal life means, right? It's eternal. It goes on forever and ever and ever. As part of the Reformed tradition, one of the, uh, the things that's kind of in our tradition is what they call the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is essentially a codification of, of what we believe. And the first one in there, and it's this kind of question and answer thing, and the first one in there is, what is the chief end of man? And the answer is, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Now, if that doesn't sound like a personal relationship, I don't know what does. That's our goal. That's our purpose. So I talked a little bit about not knowing David Copperfield, a little bit about kind of knowing my wife, Kylie. Let me talk to you about my relationship with God. When I was younger, my brother, who um, was a Christian before I was, uh, would talk about hearing God's voice. And I always thought that sounded kind of weird. Like, how do you hear God's voice? And he would tell me, well, I can't really explain it. I'm like, okay, that helps. (laughs) And it wasn't until I truly became a follower of Christ, and it wasn't until I truly entered into a relationship with God that I understood what that meant. And I can actually point out at least three times in my life where I know I distinctly heard God's voice. And it's amazing because God knows me so much better than I know me. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah. And I'll give you an example of what that looks like. So, again, when I was younger, um, if, uh, if you had asked me to, to tell you what my perfect woman would look like, it would not be Kylie. I know, I know. And the only reason I can say that publicly is because I've told her that personally on many an occasion. Now, there's nothing wrong with Kylie. Don't, don't get me wrong. She is beautiful. She is funny. She's the life of the party. She's smart. She's, she's, she's got it going on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My smoking hot wife. <laughs> but if you had asked me when I was younger, before I understood what it meant to have a great relationship with a wife, I would have said a lot of stupid things about what I expected to have in a woman. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, right? And so I've always said that Kylie is not the woman I would have chosen for myself, but she's exactly who I needed to have in my life. And that's turned out to be true. Every step along the way, she has been an amazing partner in my life. And I believe that God placed her in my life. I believe that God crafted her specifically for me. And I love that. I love that God knows me so much that he understands that even though there's these things that I want in my life, there's something so much more important that I need in my life. And I get to see that played out in Kylie every day of my life. It's awesome. Knowing God personally means more than just having a relationship to him. It means having a relationship with him. Can you know God personally? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to play a quick video that kind of talks a little bit about, about what this looks like. And then, and then I've got a little wrap-up thing to, to go over with you guys. So, so check out this video, and then, and then we'll talk in just a moment. <laughs> I love the final question in that, in that video. Is your art, your theology, your words being made flesh? I talked about being 
part of David Copperfield's fan club, not his president. Is this just a fan club for God that we have here? Or do we actually know God? Are we actually personally engaged with God and what he's doing in this world? Is our art, our theology, our words being made flesh? We talk about this being the intersection of faith, arts, and community. That's for a reason, because we believe that's important. Is your art, your theology, your words being made flesh? Or is it like he was talking about the poem of the, the word made flesh, the flesh made words again? Where is it? Where does, it where, does, where does our faith really, truly live? I would say the only way to know God personally is, is the only way to know God is personally. And if we don't know him personally, we probably don't know him. So you have to ask that question of yourself. Do I know God personally? I also loved in his video about talking about shaking the old ways and being challenged. I'm a big fan of making people uncomfortable. That's why I'm talking as long as I am today. <laughs> I love the idea of, 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 of shaking us out of our normal ways of life. You know, earlier we sang that song, How He Loves, right? And I love that song. I asked him to sing that very specifically. I love that song. And there's a line in there about heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss. I absolutely hate that line. How many of you don't like that line? A few of you? Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I, and I'll tell you why I don't like that line. I don't like that line because that's not the original line. The original line is heaven meets earth like a sloppy, wet kiss. That's the word. That's the line I think we need to sing. Because that's, that's the way life is. It's sloppy. It's wet. And that's the way our relationship with God should be. Passionate. Into it, right? But so many people made such a fuss about sloppy, wet kiss that they changed the line. And I think it loses something in that. But I like, to, I like this idea of, of making people uncomfortable. I like this idea of, of shaking you out of your seat. I like this idea of, of making things so that you can't avoid it. It's awkward, isn't it? <laughs> I like these ideas. And this, this video and this concept and this, this whole series is all deep and meaningful and profound. And, and I thought, so we're going to end that video, end, end with that video. And you hear Pastor Dave or myself or Saji or Carl or whoever gets up here week after week talking about their personal relationship with God. And I thought, let's do something a little different. I thought, let's get a microphone up here in the front. And rather than having me talk about knowing God personally, I would invite each of you to come forward to the microphone and tell each of us how you know God personally. Now, what's funny is I'm watching all your faces. Some of you are squirming at this thought. <laughs> this thought of coming forward to this microphone and getting up here and telling everybody what you believe about God, which is weird because this is a safe place. These are your friends and your family, other people who claim to believe the same thing you believe. This is scary. 
But I thought it would be a great way for you to preach the sermon back to me and to all of us. That's what I wanted to do. However, this is Crosspoint. Where? And probably will. Probably won't. <laughs> Sometimes it won't. And so, as I was talking about this idea of, of, of doing this uh, thing with the microphone and getting you all up here and make you new uncomfortable, I was told, you know what, David? That's going to make people uncomfortable. And I said, yeah, that's what I want. They said, yeah, but people aren't going to engage that. I said, well, that's their fault. <laughs> they said, but it's just going to get quiet. I said, okay, I'm good with quiet. And then something else happened. Something happened which changed the course of what I wanted to do. And it's funny because I came in this morning uncertain if I was actually going to go down this path. And Brian... Every time I have Brian do songs for us, I never give him directions on what to do. Every now and again, I'll say, like this week, I told him a couple of songs that I wanted him to sing, but I don't really give him a direction, a path to go. And so uh, I, I said in the, in the planning center thing, I said, do a, a band opener, some sort of band opener. Didn't tell him what. And he, all week long in there was written some sort of original. So I thought, oh, this is gonna be cool. Brian's gonna come in, he's gonna do some sort of original song. He's gonna rock it out. And then I came in, and I heard him singing this Switchfoot song. And I thought, well, that's not an original, unless you're Switchfoot, and I don't think you're... No, okay. <laughs> it was a give up. Well, you know what's funny about that, Brian, is that gave me indication that this other direction that I wanted to go, rather than this microphone up front, was the right thing to do. Let me explain. I get a lot of uh, emails, um, ministry sorts of things, things that, uh, you know, to think about. And I got this article this week uh, from Catalyst, which is a big uh, Christian conference. And they sent, they sent this, uh, this email out written by a guy named Mark Foreman. Um, now, Mark Foreman uh, has two sons, uh, John and Tim Foreman. Do you know who those are? John and Tim Foreman are the guys from Switchfoot. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. And they gave us this story. And I'm just going to read this story because I, I think it's great and it's, it's, uh, it's a really nice way to do this. We're talking about, can I know God personally? And it used to be that there was a tract called um, Peace with God. Have you heard this, about this tract, Peace with God? Do, do you have peace with God? It's, and they used it, it, used it for evangelism. And so the, the story starts with, do you have peace with God? And it continues on. Mark says, My sons, John and Tim, often overheard this big evangelical question. But children hear spiritual jargon in relation to their own experiences. And John figured this was a good opener for a conversation about God. So one morning in his public school kindergarten, he tried it out on a new friend. But he gave the question a fresh twist. Do you have pizza with God at your church? To which his re friend replied, no. <laughs> so John confidently announced, we have pizza with God. 
Later that evening, the five-year-old friend asked his parents if they could please go to John's church (laughs) because of the pizza. (laughs) With God, no less. Beyond curious, the parents agreed and, and came. You see, they were looking for pizza and God. And we met this young family the next Sunday at church, and they explained John's compelling invitation. But afterward, we wondered, was it truly a misunderstanding or a proper paraphrase? Maybe he got it right, that sharing a pizza is really how God wants to relate to us. And we decided that we liked John's interpretation of the big question better. It explains peace as having a delicious slice of life with the creator of the universe. And what food is more communal than pizza? And it marks a celebration too, right? Every party needs a pizza. Now, perhaps John blended that question with Jesus' words in Revelation 3.20 about wanting to come in and share a meal with us. At least he understood the meaning. We can be God's friend, eating slices of pepperoni, trading stories and smiles. Do we have pizza with God? I mentioned earlier that I don't have pizza with David Copperfield. I do have pizza with my wife. Do we have pizza with God? And think about it. Isn't pizza really one of the most communal meals you can have? Think about it. You're sitting there. You're, you're fighting over the last slice of pizza, right? And it's, it's oily, and, and you, you pull it away, and it's string, the, the cheese just stringing together. No, she's saying no. <laughs> What's that? There's only, Ninja only Ninja Turtles. Oh, I watched a lot of TV when I was a kid. <laughs> and so the grand idea, the big thing that we thought today was let's have pizza with God. But this is cross point where anything can happen, and probably will. So, so we made great plans. We ordered pizzas from a local pizza place. You'll notice Dave is not up here. He's not even around, right? You know where he is? He's trying to get the pizza. He's probably eating the pizza. He's, he's trying to get the pizza. <laughs> and so there is pizza coming. I hope you'll stick around for it once it gets here. I hope you'll sit around and trade stories with each other about how you know God and how God knows you. Have pizza with God for a few minutes. Hopefully Dave will be here. Kylie's been in the back all day, stretch, doing this thing, stretch, stretch. So so if if you wonder why we're going this long, this is is it. This is what it comes down to. This uh, this message was supposed to be over 20 minutes ago. Uh, (laughs) But anyways, I do hope you'll stick around for a slice of pizza. The Bible tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good, like pizza. (laughs) Uh, And that's all we got for you today. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bless the meal, and hopefully Dave, he'll arrive at some point (laughs) along that stretch. And um, yeah, thanks, guys. Lord God, we thank you for this day. Uh, We thank you for the rain we've been able to have lately. Uh, We thank you for the opportunity to gather in a place like this and to um, think about you, to be theologians for a while. Lord, I, I thank you that, um, that we are called to know you personally, that we can share a pizza with you. I pray for the meal. I pray for Pastor Dave as he's on his way. And lastly, Lord, I, I want to lift up a special prayer. 
we talk week after week about knowing God and kind of assume that everybody here is on the same page. But I recognize, Lord, that there are some people who are uncertain about whether or not they have a relationship with you. And so, Father God, I, I want to pray specifically for those people. I pray that, that you will give them uh, a little bit of courage, have them come talk to me or Pastor Dave or one of our elders, and, and, and allow us the opportunity to help them know that they have a personal relationship with you, God. We thank you for being who you are, for being the way that you are, and for surprising us. Father God, we lift this day and this week up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been the Crosspoint Sermon Audio from Carrollton, Texas. For more information about our church, visit www.crosspoint.com.